my security code no longer worked. Silently, I gathered six years worth of my professional life from my office. Three ring binders with notes, play diagrams, and play calling sheets, various books and photographs, my son's video games, and a couple of buccaneer hats, although I'd never wear them again. I was lost in my memories as I placed these things rather haphazardly in cardboard boxes, thoughtfully left out for me by my administrative assistant. No, I realized Laura is someone else's administrative assistant now. I stopped to contemplate a wood-framed picture in the stack. It had been taken our first year in Tampa, and we were all beaming. My daughter, Tierra, my sons, Jamie and Eric, my wife, Lauren, and me. The stadium grass behind us was a vibrant green, the shade of an Irish meadow, sliced into five-yard increments by crisp white stripes. A teeming throng of humanity, dressed in orange and red and squinting in the unforgiving Florida sun, filled the stands in the picture's background. The summer of 1996 had been a long time ago. Now, in the winter of 2002, that same Florida sky was dark. Dark, cold, and damp. The mist that had begun in the afternoon had turned to light drops. The weather mirrored my dark inner world on that night of January 14th. I finished packing the last of the items. Not that much, really. A few boxes stood by the door ready to be carried home. Nothing else of note remained. That office of mine had been lived in pretty hard, I had to admit. Most of the homework completed by my sons, Jamie and Eric, over the previous six years had been done in there. And the office had seen countless games of catch, video game competitions, and other pursuits geared around young boys. As I wrapped things up, I noticed that the light drops falling outside had turned into a heavy rain. I should have just walked out, since by then it was getting late. Instead, I wandered out of my office and through the building, stopping in the coach's locker room. Standing in the middle of the room, I let my gaze sweep over the cramped, worn 12 by 15 room. I looked from locker to locker, reading some of the names, imagining others. Monty Kiffin, Chris Furster, Clyde Christensen, Rod Marinelli. We had shared this locker room and many memories, these men and I. We had spent hours, weeks, and years together. These men had walked off the frozen, concrete-hard synthetic turf in Philadelphia with me just two days earlier, their careers critically stung by the Bucks' 31-9 loss. It was a difficult season punctuated by a painful ending. And now God had something different in mind for all of us. I tried to take solace in the things that we had accomplished together. Three straight playoff appearances, more wins than any other staff in team history, but they seemed hollow, even within me. I stared at the lockers, the enormity of the moment suddenly overwhelming as I remembered names of guys long gone from my staff. Lovey Smith, Herm Edwards, Mike Shula. The prognosticators had been circling for weeks and amid season-long rumors that a new head coach was being courted, their speculations had finally become reality. I had been fired. My family had come to Tampa for a reason. God had led us here, opened doors that we didn't expect would be open, and allowed us to connect deeply with this community. But for what purpose? Not football, apparently. I felt certain that the Buccaneers were my best and possibly last chance to lead an NFL team. For whatever reason, God had closed the door. For what? 
It wasn't really the firing itself that was a shock, but rather the thought that God was allowing this great experiment to end. Hadn't we tried to do things right? Oscar reappeared. It was late, approaching midnight. I walked out, traversing a path between the squat racks, benches, and other weightlifting machines in the weight area attached to the building. A cool mist blew in under the awning, dampening my 46-year-old face. I looked to my left, past the row of squat racks and away from the building. Through the dark and rain, I could barely make out two shadowy practice fields. The runway lights of the airport were clearly visible just yards beyond. Where was the burning bush? Where was that still small voice? Or even better, the loud booming one? The only voice I could hear clearly was my own, crying out in the wilderness. When will I hear your voice, Lord? I returned from my thoughts as Oscar quickly maneuvered between and around.